Well, it's now the fourth Sunday in Advent. It's Love Sunday. All of our Advent candles are lit, except the center Christ candle, which means Jesus is on his way. Jesus is en route. He's nearly arrived. Sometimes when I make breakfast, I like to jam out to music, like, really loud. Does anyone else like to do that? I'm seeing, I see a couple hands, that's good. Um, Yeah, it kind of wakes me up in the morning, like while my coffee's still going through my system, the music kind of lifts up my spirits, kind of, kind of just wakes me up. And this week, I was listening to one of my favorite bands. Uh, Does anyone know U2? U2? Any U2 fans? I see a couple. Yep, a couple back there, good. Um, U2 is uh, headed up by Bono, the really cool Irish guy with the dark sunglasses. Uh, One of my favorite bands. I was listening to U2 radio on Apple Music, and one of their songs came on that perfectly matched my Advent mood. Perfectly matched my Advent mood as I munched on my fried eggs and hash brown. I want to tell you about that song in just a little bit. But for now, it's, it's the fourth Sunday in Advent, which means it's our fourth and final Sunday in our Advent sermon series, Advent with Isaiah. Prophetic preparation for a season of hope, peace, joy, and love. Each week in our series, Isaiah has painted brilliant word pictures of what the coming kingdom of Jesus will be like. He's told us about snakes and toddlers playing together. He's told us that deserts will be made into swimming pools. He's told us that muted mouths will sing for joy. He's even told us that the trees will clap their hands. Each vision has captivated our collective imagination. Each vision has given us something to hold on to as we remember Christ's first coming on Christmas and anticipate his second coming when he comes back to make all things new. It's been beautiful each week, a beautiful vision, a beautiful picture. This week, however, we get sort of a confusing text. Our sermon text this morning is Isaiah chapter 7, verses 10 through 16, which you can find on page 636 in the Old Testament in your pew Bibles. Let's take a look at this confusing text and then parse through it and comb through it carefully to find out what it may be telling us about God's love on this Love Sunday. Friends, hear the word of the Lord from the book that we love. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz, saying, Ask a sign of the Lord your God. Let it be deep as Sheol or high as heaven. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, and I will not put the Lord to the test. Then Isaiah said, Hear then, O house of David, is it too little for you to weary mortals that you weary my God also? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a son. Look, the young woman is with child and shall bear a son. And shall name him Emmanuel. He shall eat curds and honey by the time he knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good. 
For before the child knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good, the land before whose two kings you are in dread will be deserted. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It's kind of a strange story, isn't it? Kind of weird. Let's, let's parse through this story together. Let's comb through it carefully to find out what Isaiah may be telling us about God's love. The story begins with God speaking to Ahaz. Isaiah reports, Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz, saying, Ask a sign of the Lord your God. Let it be deep as Sheol, or high as heaven. Now, who is Ahaz? You may be wondering. Ahaz was the king of Judah. And at the time of Isaiah's prophecy in 8 BCE, the nation of Israel, the 12 tribes of Israel, each tribe founded by one of Jacob's sons, the nation of Israel, the 12 tribes of Israel, had split into two separate nations. The northern 10 tribes had split off into the northern kingdom and retained the name Israel, and the two southern tribes split off into the southern kingdom and were named after one of the southern tribes. They were named Judah. So you have Israel, the northern kingdom, and Judah, brother countries now divided. Once one nation, now two separate nations. And are you ready for a little 8th century BCE episode of The West Wing or House of Cards? Because this all gets very politically intriguing. Bear with me. So it's the 8th century BCE. The nation of Israel is split into two separate kingdoms. The northern kingdom Israel, the southern kingdom Judah. And the geopolitical landscape around Israel and Judah is heated and tense. Israel, the northern kingdom, has formed an alliance with Syria. And they want King Ahaz and the southern kingdom of Judah to join their alliance. So that together, Israel, Judah, and Syria could stand up to the world superpower, Tiglath-Pileser, and the Assyrians. So you have Israel and Syria, two fairly large nations on one side. You have Assyria, the massive world superpower, on the other side. And you have Judah, a small nation, being told by Israel and Syria to join their side or else. And in the midst of being caught up in the middle, in the midst of the anxiety and fear and threats from Syria and Israel, God speaks to Ahaz, the king of Judah, the one stuck in the middle. And God says to Ahaz, ask a sign of the Lord your God. Let it be deep as Sheol or as high as heaven. In other words, God is saying to Ahaz, Ahaz, You're stuck in the middle. You're in the middle of a really difficult situation. And I am here for your counsel. Ask me what you should do, and I will provide a clear sign. God is saying to Ahaz, I'm on your side, and I'm willing to help. Ask, and you shall receive. But then Ahaz says back to God, I will not ask, and I will not put the Lord to the test. Basically, Ahaz, the king stuck in the middle, is saying, Yeah, God, thanks, but no thanks. I'm good. I've got this figured out. I'm politically savvy enough to maneuver the nation of Judah through this difficult situation. So God and Ahaz are seemingly having this private 
conversation in Ahaz's royal prayer room. And Isaiah, the prophet, seems to have his ear on the door, listening in on this private conversation between God and Ahaz. And listening to this conversation, he then barges in, totally exasperated, and says, Hear then, O house of David. He speaks to Ahaz as the house of David because King David was also from the tribe of Judah, the nation that Ahaz is the king of. Hear then, O house of David. And then he says, Is it too little for you to weary mortals that you weary my God also? This is the prophetic equivalent of, Darn it, Ahaz, what on earth are you doing? God wants to help you through this political minefield. Exasperated Isaiah goes on. He says, you won't ask for a sign. Well, then the Lord himself will give you a sign without you asking. He says, the young woman is with child and shall bear a son and shall name him Emmanuel. He shall eat curds and honey by the time he knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good. For before the child knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good, the land before whose two kings you are in dread will be deserted. So what is Isaiah saying to King Ahaz? Isaiah is basically using a word picture to explain how the resolution of this geopolitical tension will be resolved. He's saying, listen, king, a woman is going to have a son, and she's going to give him the name Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And that's kind of the point that Isaiah is trying to make. He says, she's going to have a son. She's going to name him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And before the child matures to the point of knowing right from wrong, the two nations who are trying to blackmail you and threaten you into joining their side, Israel and Syria, will be laid waste. Translation, God is with us. Don't be scared into joining Team Israel and Syria. And don't you dare join Team A Syria either. In no time, the situation will resolve itself. God is with us. Trust in him. So how does the story end? Well, Ahaz, fed up with the threats of his brother country Israel and Israel's new friend Syria... And wanting to see their demise, joins the world superpower. He, he, he joins Judah up with team Assyria. And shortly after joining forces with Assyria, King Ahaz and Judah see the destruction of their brother, now turned rival country Israel, and its new friend Syria. And for a while they feel vindicated that they made the right decision. But shortly thereafter... Assyria turns on its new ally, turns on Ahaz and Judah, and leaves their entire land desolate and destroyed. In the end, Ahaz doesn't heed the prophecy. In the end, Ahaz doesn't trust in the name of the child who is to be born of the young woman. Ahaz doesn't buy the whole punchline of the story that God is actually with him and with Judah. He doesn't buy that God's instruction is what's best for Judah. In the end, he doesn't accept it. He doesn't believe it. And in the end, everybody loses. How's that for a Love Sunday story? Huh? Pretty depressing, isn't it? But not so fast. 
Turn back with me to our first reading this morning, to Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25, on page 1 of the New Testament. I want to show you something pretty cool. Matthew writes about the birth of Jesus. Now, the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with a child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And then note this. Pay attention. All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken through the prophet. This should sound familiar. Look, the virgin, or the young woman, shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. The gospel writer Matthew does something very clever. Matthew picks up Isaiah's prophecy and declares that Jesus is the person who finally fulfills these ancient words. Matthew picks up Isaiah's prophecy and declares that Jesus is not a sign, not a child named Emmanuel, but Jesus actually is Emmanuel, actually is God with us. As the gospel writer John puts it, Jesus, the word of God, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Or as Eugene Peterson puts it in his translation of the Gospel of John, Jesus, the Word of God, the Word, became flesh and bone and moved into our neighborhood. Matthew picks up Isaiah's prophecy and declares that God actually, really, physically comes into our dark, twisted, and conflicted world in the person of Jesus Christ. Matthew picks up Isaiah's prophecy and declares that Jesus the Son of God, begotten of the Father, the one who took on flesh by the power of the Holy Spirit in the virgin's womb, the one who is infinite yet chose to become finite, is the one who does not merely resolve one particular 8th century BCE geopolitical skirmish, but rather is the one who will end all wars, who will kill all conflict, who will shower us in his unending, undying, unfailing love for eternity. Though Isaiah would have never guessed it, his original prophecy is recycled by the gospel writer Matthew and is totally, completely, and wholly fulfilled in the person of Jesus. Jesus Christ is the Emmanuel child our warring world and hurting hearts have been waiting for. In Jesus Christ, we see a God who comes down to be with us. In Jesus Christ, we see what love truly looks like. So what song was I listening to as I was munching on my fried eggs and hash browns? What song matched my Advent mood? It's a song that goes like this. I have climbed the highest mountain. I have run through the hills but I still haven't found what I'm looking for. 
I have run, I have crawled, I have scaled these city walls. But I still haven't found what I'm looking for. I've spoke with the tongue of the angel. I have held the hand of the devil. But I still haven't found what I'm looking for. The song matched my Advent mood. We're waiting. We're waiting for Christ to come back. We're waiting for him to renew. We're waiting for him to restore. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Long before you 2 wrote the song I was singing this past week that matched my Advent mood, the famed 19th and 20th century psychoanalyst Sigmund Freud coined a term that describes the existential angst of the human condition that Bono is singing about in that song. The word is a German word, unheimlich. Unheimlich. Unheimlich translated into English means not at homeness. Not at homeness. At our core, we as human beings don't ever quite feel at home here on earth. There's a panging ache, an unrelenting hunger, a subtle yet pervasive unease in our souls. We try to appease it with achievement. I've climbed the highest mountain. We try to calm it with consumption. We try to satiate it with a relationship. We try to numb it with a drink. But each attempt to subdue the unheimlich we feel only intensifies and amplifies its strength. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. We, like Ahaz, think we can maneuver our way around this ache. But the unheimlich lingers. The unease stays. At our core, we always kind of sort of feel like King Ahaz felt. Like being in the middle of warring factions. Unsettled. Unable to rest. Not quite home. And it's into our unheimlich world and unheimlich hearts that God comes to us in Jesus. We, like Ahaz, think we can find home, think we can find peace, think we can find contentment on our own, but God knows better. So God comes. The Emmanuel child comes. Jesus comes to find what he's looking for. Jesus comes not so that we can find him, but so that he can find us and welcome us home. And that's what love really looks like. Love looks like Jesus coming down so that in him we might find a home we've never been to, but we're so desperately longing for. Thomas Goodwin once wrote, Christ looks like love covered over in human flesh. My fellow weary pilgrims, in Jesus, you are loved. In Jesus, you are home. I'll close with a little poem by hymn writer John Bell. It goes like this. Light looked down and saw darkness. I will go there, said light. Peace looked down and saw war. I will go there, 
said peace. Love looked down and saw hatred. I will go there, said love. So he, the Lord of light, the Prince of Peace, the King of Love, came down and crept in beside us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.